nerds, and welcome to Go To There, a 30 Rock podcast, the weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, looking at the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurbs that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I am your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Amon. And welcome to episode 26, or season 2, episode 5, Greenzo. David, if you would, give us a quick synopsis slash summary of this episode. David Schwimmer saves us from climate change. Kenneth throws an epic party, and Pete is cheating on his wife with his wife. <gasps> Twist. Well, if climate change slash global warming is even real, the science is still out on it that. It was invented by GE to sell washing machines and microwaves. Yep, yeah, that's very true. We all know that to be true now. 2007 was a different time. Uh, vaccines hadn't taken over the world just yet, and there still are anti-vaxxers. Man, that's a bad joke. Yeah. I've that in my head. Not really. Anyway... Uh, yeah, so first thoughts on the episode, having just watched it? It was fun. Actually, there's a whole lot to unpack here. There really is. Um, from, well, from the whole, I mean, from the uh, how climate change was, uh, well, obviously relevant because it was the theme of this episode, mm-hmm. but also how we're this far later and some things have been done to address it, but not a lot. And we're actually, it seems like we're receding in some ways in the current times, but also this episode so green week it's referenced in this episode like kind of in a meta way but the week this aired back in 2007 was nbc's green week when basically every single show had some sort of green theme which they kind of like parody especially at the end but also this was right in the heart of the writer's strike so i was reading an article about how this was nbc's big play to get a lot of publicity and i mean well also sort of cynically sell products as 30 rock skewers pretty pretty uh heavily but also um because of the writer's strike it 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 was all bad publicity basically this is when jeff zucker was still running nbc into the ground so (laughs) he had made it it was his i guess mandate for the green week idea but instead he he was getting lots of bad press because of the writer's strike yeah uh so yeah this uh started this was the first time nbc uh started their green week initiative which they would do i think they probably i don't watch really anything on nbc currently um so i don't know if they still do it but it, it definitely ran i don't think so i think only a couple of years because i don't yeah. i think because even 30 rock does another one and either the next season or the season thereafter and even they're saying like rather than just have someone come on and just redo the same joke you know maybe actually do something and i think it only ran for a couple of years it wasn't a very long running idea in inside universal but yeah the um, they uh they tried it and you know it it's it's one of those ideas where it's it's a good idea on paper but all the money that you're spending to to add that into a show and then get potential guest stars to do it just just give the money to the uh to the scientific organizations that are fighting it or or trying to fight it like rather than just like i don't know it just seems like i want to i want to get the message out well okay you can still Give the message, but just give the money too. Like, why not do both? Yeah. Well, true. I guess, I I'm, not, I'm not that cynical about it. I well, mean, I they're going to spend money on things anyway. So, I mean, you could argue that by getting guest stars, you're drawing more attention to it and getting more ratings, therefore having more impact. We should give us a, a serious summary really quick. Yeah. <laughs> so the basic plot is that NBC has mandated that all that shows feature Green Week. Yeah, this which is an inside reference yeah. that NBC literally was doing this. Yes. In addition, as well as in the universe of 30 Rock, they were doing this. Yeah. So Jack comes up with the climate superhero Greenzo, Greenzo. played by David Schwimmer, yeah. who 
does a uh, spot on I think it's the first spot on the Today Show. Um, yeah, yeah, and becomes a hit. So they start putting him in all these things. They have uh, Liz Lemon and the Thirty Rock team write sketches for, or the Girly Show team write sketches for Greenzo to be in, and he becomes slowly drunk on power and unhinged over the course and of the week. Then literally drunk by the <laughs> and end. And then literally drunk by the end, yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you mentioned earlier that this uh, this aired during the writer's strike. So this this episode aired after the writer's strike began and the writer's strike would run from November 5th, 2007 and end on February 12th, 2008. Gosh, it was that um, long. Yeah, it ran for five, six months. Four, eight, seven, four months. Or what you said, like November to November February, November. so about three months. Yeah. Three, three and a half months. So, yeah. yeah um, and there was, there's more to this as like, we'll touch on it more as the, episode, as the next few episodes go on, but it, it affects production. You know, obviously a lot of these episodes are written over the summer. They're not obviously written as the episodes are airing. They're not SNL. You know, they are a taped program. So these episodes are still airing while a strike is going on. So there's all this animosity between, you know, uh, Tina Fey, who's a showrunner. She's trying to protect her program from getting canceled or, you know, because if it was taken off the air, more than likely the company will just like cancel it because it's like, well, we're it's dead air that we're airing and we've paid you to air your program. So we need you to show your show. It's a very it's a very tricky dance. And I have to imagine someone in Tina's face shoes like she's doing the best she can to to appeal the writers as well as to appeal to herself and her family and make sure like she's able to create what she wants to create so it's like it's a weird dance that she has to make but yeah it was it was a not fun time and then there are shows that just don't run on the air like for that period of time they just stopped making the episodes or stopped airing them and they would get aired either after the writer strike ended or would air during the summer to just get them out there but yeah some shows did just just aired repeats throughout the, yeah. the whole writer strike which yeah and a lot of yeah. i think that some late night shows went to like improv just like... yeah the um this episode actually no i'm sorry um it, i think it's um it's one of the upcoming episodes ran as an improv show just before mm-hmm. it premiered because they're like we don't know if we're actually going to show this but we want someone to watch it so they just went to the UCB in New York and were like mm-hmm. we're going to perform it for a live audience and SNL did the same thing there was a week where uh, uh, Jonah, around this time Jonah Hill it was going to be his first time hosting SNL and because of the writer's strike no one was working they had to cancel the shows but they still took what they did they went again they went to the UCB theater and they had Michael Sarah sort of fill in and did the show for for that had to be the luckiest crowd to get like an yeah. SNL caliber show in this small little theater in New York and I do kind of like hate that we didn't get to go to a UCB show while oh. in New York but like we looked into we'll it, go like, back to were, New York right yeah <laughs> I mean, it's like we couldn't we couldn't try it again but uh, yeah it was just like they were booked almost every night and it was just like it was like a big waiting. Like, you basically had to wait outside for a long time to maybe get a chance to get in or something right. like that. Right. Well, I think also it was later, and we were staying in Brooklyn, and it's on, like, I think the west side of the Yeah, it would, it would have so been, like, if we, we had planned better, we could have tried yeah. it. But, yeah, just sort of going on a whim would be impossible, yeah. really. So Future time. Future but time. Back to the writer's strike quickly. Yep. Um, we're really seeing, I guess, the fruits of what happened in Barry Allen because the big... The, I, I, the reason why they strike the time was over digital content and obviously back then it was more things like random webisodes and mm-hmm. web series that like 
or spinoffs of, you know, the shows that we're airing on networks. But now that's come to encompass basically the whole streaming. Oh, get ready for universe. 10 streaming apps, but, 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 you know, but, but right. But it was like, if the writers hadn't been able to negotiate with what they did at the time, like they yeah. would not be making or most, well, they would be in a much worse position now that this is that, you know, that it has fractured so much into the digital space for a lot of services. So yeah, we're seeing now, especially 10 plus years down the road, like why it was so important to negotiate a stronger, you know, position for mm-hmm. digital content. Oh, absolutely. So. I'm totally on the side. Of the oh, way. I mean, like, and like, and I, I was the time, but now existing at this time and like seeing, I mean, you know, I mean, even back then, I guess it seemed inevitable that things would move online, but just seeing, you know, the power of Netflix and other streaming services now, like how vital it was that they were able to receive, you know, rights and money, yeah. etc. for for what was going yeah, on. Yeah, and hopefully all of those rights carry over into the streaming age. So even though it's not getting necessarily the same level of syndication uh, that like a TV syndication might get, like it's still more widely accessible and available. So it rather than having to air on a certain block during a certain day of the week, it's you can watch it at any time. Yeah. So hopefully there's a bigger paycheck that comes out I of mean, that for Netflix for is spending bajillions on The Office and Friends and shows well, like that. Like for now, they just well for now, right? But right, but I mean, in the meantime, that. but I mean, without negotiating ten years ago, the writers on The Office probably right. would not be getting nearly as much money from the those residuals right. as yeah. they are now yeah. from Netflix and whatever, you know. Yeah. Whatever else. I mean, I, I think even once NBC, obviously NBC is the studio that produces the owning company or whatever, but I think there's still, there's still some, you know, payment or whatever they get from it being on that service too, so. Right. You know. Well, so... Remind me again. So, who has major stock in like Hulu, NBC, Universal, Disney has well, the biggest. Well, so now right? it's big, yeah. So because they bought Fox, I think actually Comcast sold. Did Comcast sell their stake? I can't remember. So it was, it was basically ABC, Fox, NBC. Um, <laughs> obviously, Disney now has absorbed Fox, so they own a like majority share. I, I want to say that Comcast either sold. I guess not all, because I don't think Disney owns the entire, but like I think Comcast sold some of the stake, which is NBC, some of their stake to Disney or something. So at this point, Disney owns basically... If they don't own all of it, they own most of it, and they may own all of it soon. Um, basically, what I'm hearing is a long-term plan is Disney Plus will be the more family-based, yeah. and Hulu will be the adult arm. And there's probably going to be bundling deals that sell Hulu and Disney Plus together at some point. So That's fine. I mean, like right now, Disney Plus... The only real appealing thing about that is that they will have The Simpsons on a streaming service. But I'm someone, I have all of that. So it's not really justified to buy another streaming service, even if it's only like 8 or $9 to really watch one show. But also, like, Disney has a fantastic catalog, and it really will come down to what they're launching with. If they're just launching with, hear, like... Basically everything but Song yeah, of the South. Yeah, which, <laughs> for the better. But... Um, but I'm like they say like they're launching with a certain amount as opposed to like will literally everything be available or will it just come in spurts? Because I'm assuming it's going to be coming in spurts, not everything will oh. be immediately accessible at once. My impression from what I read like, is the whole vault is going to okay. be there. I'm, I welcome it, but it's just it's still like right now like I it's not a definite for me. It's just like yeah we'll see. Like I most of that stuff I can either find or I it's not something I need to immediately see and sign up for. Yeah, it's going to come down to their original programming. Right, yeah. So. Or they're, they're actually, they're new. 
There, or yeah, you don't want to watch Hannah Montana. Again? I mean, or that's so Raven and the that's so Raven sequel, whatever it was called. We're also in my fix of of pre Black Mirror Miley Cyrus and her. Oh yeah. Younger days. I don't know. Um, and guess what? We'll to try and find an alternative for you. Anyway, yeah. so uh, yeah, Greenzo. We should. Uh, uh, any other? <laughs> any other thoughts? Um, I think well, I've hit most of what I was going to do in the opening. Um, and I, I do have some other stuff as we go on, but I think we tackled most of it. Uh, let's jump in. Let's let's get to it. But we will get sort of a semi parody of the writer strike. Um, I think at the end of, at the start of the third season or the fourth season, maybe. But uh, yeah, we'll get a parody of this as we go along. But welcome to episode twenty-six, Green Zone. Oh hey, I uh, I found your lipstick. Oh oh no, this isn't mine. This is Sunset Blush. I wear Tiger Orgasm. But it was in my apartment. I don't know why I told you about the Pop-Tart. But that's weird. It's just me and Pete at my place. Oh, hello, ladies. Pete's having an affair. What? The lipstick, the spring in his step, the sexy Justin Timberlake hat. No, no, he's still married. I don't know what to tell you. The only reason men start taking care of themselves is that they're getting someone to have sex with them. If it wasn't for that, they'd just sit at home in their own filth. Hey, Liz, we're out of string cheese, so I think I'm going to take off. So if you remember from last episode, when they're going to meet Rosemary, she decides to have lunch with Rosemary, and as they're walking away, Pete says, oh, you were going to go hat shopping with me. So either she went hat shopping with him eventually, or he went by himself. I think he went by himself and yes, picked up his own no Justin one, Timberlake hat. Yeah, no one would have picked that out, out for him. They would have told him to put it back. So, But hooray, Pete went hat shopping. Hat shopping is how you pronounce that word, not hot. Do you like my hot? is that for it's not for a sketch it's part of our new company-wide global eco initiative we're going green lemon and do you know why to save the earth so we can drain the remainder of its resources <laughs> is a genius he's pitting all of the divisions of the company against each other to see who can make the most money from this environmentalism trend and i am going to win with greenzo yeah saving the earth while maintaining profitability that's right jared Greenzo is America's first non-judgmental, business-friendly environmental advocate. The free market will solve global warming, if that even exists. My boy. Greenzo? Is that the first name that came to your head? Can you believe it? I mean, it just popped right in there. Wow. So I love her giggle, because it sounds so real. I know, I was going to say, do you think she knew that, like, I... Oh, I no. mean, it seems genuine, so, like, I don't know if, I mean, if she just didn't know who's going to pop in, or, like, if she didn't know it was going to be David Schwimmer, and, like, you you know, I, I I don't know how involved yeah. she is in casting that sort of thing because like right. it, it seemed like s- such like a genuine like yeah like a really like, yeah like the the way I've always read it is like she knew it was going to be Schwimmer and she knew he was going to be popping out but she probably didn't get like a final call on what the design was going to look like or any of that so like it is it is a genuine reaction that she gets and. I just love it so much. It's so adorable. She's like, ah! <laughs> just like, it's, it's so fun. Yeah. Also note how Greenzo right now is talking about global warming as if it even exists. Right. And, and we'll see how that develops over the course of the episode. turn almost immediately. Um, so he turns from like a conservative into like a, not even a hippie. Like, what's beyond a hippie? Like, 
uh, uh, I'm not sure what the next yeah. level beyond that, but like just Tree very, very hardcore. I, I don't want to say lefty because not all lefties yeah. are care about the environment, but just very, very hardcore environmentalist by the end of the episode or just drunk. Um, but yeah, it's a, that's a good cold open because it sets up really the only, well, there's the Kenneth party, but that's coming after the cold open. But this is also another one of those, it's just a very tight episode. Everything doesn't squander time everything's moving to the end and there's a little bit of play in between all three stories just sort of commingling it's just it's again it's but this is one that has nearly everybody in it but it shows that they can do a full even cast. josh yeah even josh gets lines. even twofer, twofer it's been, gets I, lines. I, I feel like it's been a while since he had a line yeah he's been in like background shots yeah, but yeah it's the first time he's really had a line but yeah. it just shows that they can do a full cast and still keep uh, a tight story it's all commendable you're going to be great, Jared. I'm just so excited about this gig, sir. I mean, what a what a sweet gig. I've got a gig. Yeah, you're saying gig a lot. Oh, so sorry. I haven't worked in a while. My last real job was an ad for Rick Lazio's New York Senate campaign. Hillary Clinton wants an all-homosexual army. How will that affect my family? That's a deep cut. So what I found was that he basically was... In the 2000 New York Senate race, Hillary Clinton was supposed to run against Rudolph Giuliani... But he ended up having his mental deterioration period oh. and dropped out of the race very late. So Rick Laz- Lazio, Lazlo, Lazio was, I guess, his replacement, and he lost, and it wasn't very close. So, cool. poor Rick Lazio. But yay, the homosexuals! It's all homosexual army. Don't ask, don't tell. That's been repealed, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it was in the uh, it was in the Obama years. Okay. Yeah. yeah, like one of the last things. Like, I feel like it was second term. I think so. Yeah. I feel like it's relatively recent, but recent is relative. Well, thankfully, those days are behind you. Your billboard's going up at Times Square. You're releasing an endangered falcon during halftime at the Knicks game, and you're booked on the Today Show. Oh, wow, the Today Show. Oh, man, uh, I just wish my mom were still alive so I could rub it in her fat face. <laughs> uh, come with me. Another party. Howdy. Hope you can make it. See you there. What's up, Lemon? I'm hiding from Kenneth. I don't want to get roped into another one of his terrible parties. I'm always the only person who shows up. How could no one go to Ken's party? He's such a great dude. Will you come, please? No, I can't. I only go to A-list events. Oh, I'm gonna be stuck there alone with him again. Don't sweat it, because I'm going to bail you out. I'm going to turn Ken's jam into a major event. (laughs) Good luck with that. See, all the hot party needs is mystique, a buzz. See, people are like lemmings. Harvey Lemmings, my lawyer, who never misses a party. That's not a real person. You made that up. <laughs> I just started a little rumor. Who are the biggest gossips on TGS? Grizzin.com. Greenzo makes his Today Show appearance. <laughs> so, Greenzo, what else can kids and parents do to protect the environment? Well, kids, you can tell your parents to buy a GE front-loading washing machine to save water. Because if the Earth's not here, where else is Greenzo going to dance? 
Thanks for getting the message out, Greenzo. You're saving the world. I really, I really, really, really hate the Today Show. All of those morning, late morning talk shows, they're just awful. There's no substance. It's just people literally hyping their own shit. It's NBC hyping NBC shows. It's NBC hyping GE stuff. It's Kelly Ripa hyping whatever Kelly Ripa well, has to hype. Like all of that, it's all that that is. And it's just like, this is, this is insufferable. And there's no way these people are actually happy as they're trying to be when doing all of this. Well, it's just obviously. Like they have to be dead inside to do any of that. And it's just like, I don't think so. I don't, and also the Today so. Show is different from... Like, it's not a talk... Like, Today Show and Good Morning America, they're not... I mean, they have elements of, like, interviews and stuff, but they also do a lot of new segments. Like, it's not like uh, like Kelly and Ryan and, like, you know, like, like Kathy I, and Hoda or I whatever. feel like Good Morning America is a little bit more news-driven, whereas Today Show is really just, like, we've got to appeal and just try to fill three... Three hours? God. Uh, you're, well, I don't think you're quite correct. So CBS, I think, is the most news-based one. Good Morning America actually surpassed today because they went more soft news entertainment focused. Like, that was how they... Well, well it's, it's between, between that and the Ann Curry and it. then Matt Lauer fallout, like, yeah. that helped Good Morning America too. But that was, I mean, that was their strategy of how they changed the direction because they went from more news focused to more, like, lifestyle entertainment but even then it's still i don't know like i, I feel like there's a different, a different feel between like uh kelly and ryan or the view and like today's show so. no no they're like they're they're different entities i'm not gonna argue that but like they're just they're never really saying anything like if you watch one kelly Ripa interview with anybody you're you've watched about every single one she's gonna give to everybody it's just like she's a little ball of energy and she she'll like repeatedly talk over them and and just make sure she gets the plug in and it's just like i don't i don't want to watch this but i know there's obviously an audience for it because yeah. it's been on for decades and it's not going anywhere because of my opinion but it's just like having had to watch that for so long i was just like this is so by the book it's just i don't know it's just i don't i don't have anything out of this but i'm just one person but it's still like I just I don't know how you could watch this every day. Yeah, that it's just like this is. Yeah. This is oh, I mean, the extent of my exposure is basically business trips where I have the TV on the background when I'm getting ready right. in the morning, and like the week we go to Oklahoma <laughs> to visit my parents. Basically, the morning yeah, TV yeah. in the background. I mean, that's the only but time that I, I don't see mind it, now. it. But I, I don't know. I, I but guess. you're not paying attention yeah, to this background noise. Yeah, like that's true. when I was watching it, it was because like the time that I was working, like. We weren't exactly busy, so like the only thing we had to do was just basically stand around and wait for someone to come in. So we had Good Morning or no Today Show on in the background, and I was just like, after a year and a half, I don't, I can't, I can't do this. This is awful. I just can't take this anymore. This is rough. I don't like it. But screw you, Meredith Vieira. She wasn't on there at the no, time. No, she was, she's been, been off for she's been off for a while now. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, Matt Lauer was on there. He was, but he well, he wasn't on there that much. Yeah, I mean, I he was on for a long time until no, a few years ago. Think, like, yeah, I don't think he was on there that much when oh. I was watching it. So it might have been around that time. Uh, anyway. Enjoy what you like, but some of it's just terrible. Did you hear what Mary said about me saving the world? Sorry, everybody. That's Meredith Vieira. The Today Show wants to give us a recurring segment now. Lemon, I want you to write them up. I want the sketches to be punchy and entertaining, so don't treat it like your show. 
All right, but only because I like Earth. Jared will send you some stuff. Oh, I'd like to sit in and give notes. Make sure it's got that Greenzo voice. It's wry and wise, but, but also very sexual. Walk with me, Lemon. Look how Greenzo's testing. They love him in every demographic. Colored people, broads, fairies, commies. Gosh, we've got to update these forms. Yeah, well, Greenzo seems to love himself, too. So does Don Geis. He sent me a personal card congratulating me with a real signature. Wow, if you licked the envelope, you could clone him, and then you'd have two Geises. Yeah, right, Lemon. I'm going to clone Geis, then compete with a Geis clone for the CEO position. Take it through. Miss <gasps> Lemon, Mr. Donaghy, I am just a simple pig farmer's son, but I would be honored if you've come to a party at my home. Oh, whatever, fine. I'll come. Super. Mr. D? Uh, no. Uh, I could make up some excuse, Kenneth, but I have too much respect for you. During your party, I'll be home listening to some Schubert and, uh, ironically, viewing some Canadian pornography. Um, yeah, so you, we forgot to mention, uh, Meredith Vieira. This is the now second view uh, star to make a 30 rock fourth no Whoopi goldberg she's joy behar sherry shepherd and now oh. meredith fiera wow so right so we've been keeping your right. account of You're people because right. early early in the show they did like a view parody with yeah. uh rachel dress and barbara walters but no one who is actually on the view appeared in that view segment however now we're up to four people who were on the view who have guest starred on 30 rock but not as part of the view parody yeah, never, segment. Never in a view sketch. And yeah. I think that is it. But the view was like a rotating door for a period of time. So there was yeah. a ton of time where there were just a lot of... Ho- Whoopi has basically been the main... Well, Joy Behar has been the mainstay. She's been there since day one. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And Whoopi Goldberg is, I think, the second longest running. She's been there a while. She wasn't there at the beginning, but she's been there yeah. a long time now. Yeah. Um, and Meredith was there right at the beginning. Okay. And she left after... Several, Barbara, like, was Barbara Walters an original? Barbara, yeah, Barbara, Barbara Walters. Oh, she's, was, she she's created it, so years, she is. Yeah. But she's been on for a while now. Yeah. Um, and Sherry Shepard was was on. She it was several. It was a while before she was on, and then she was on for of uh, several years, and now she's been off for a while yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's it of the view people. I may be wrong. If we'll I'm wrong, let out. me know. We'll find out. But I know Whoopi Goldberg does show back up again in Thirty Rock again, not in a view sketch, but just as herself. Uh, when Tracy is trying to eat God. But Liz confronts Paul, uh, Paul, uh, Pete. <laughs> Liz confronts Pete about his marital affair. Oh, what does that smell? That is the body spray that came with my new leather jackets. Oh my God, are you having an affair? What? No, why would you say that? Because you're acting all happy and full of life. <laughs> Liz, you're crazy. Yeah, and you're married. Remember, Pete? Your beautiful wife, Paula, and your sons, Robert and Jack, and that creepy little one who's always rubbing himself against the carpet. Liz, I'm not cheating on Paula. You better not be. Oh, great. Now I smell like midlife crisis. So while Greenzo is already tormenting the writers of TGS about how they can be making the Earth a lot better... Tracy starts spreading the rumors to Grizzin.com, who then continues spreading the rumor to everyone else around 30 Rock and TGS that Kenneth's party is going to be insane, and it makes it up to the upstairs of Jack and Jonathan. He was talking about some epic party at Kenneth's. He claims he needs an invite for Mr. Geis. You're saying Geis might be at Kenneth's party? Our Kenneth? Yes. Why would he go to that? What else do you know? 
T.I. is going to be there. Oh, Logan from Texas Instruments is going to be there. Logan must be in contention for the CEO spot as well. Sir, if there's any chance that Mr. Geist is going to be at this party. Duh. Thanks, Jonathan. Think I should try to go? I... I've got to find Kenneth. I love that fun little, like, high school, like, yeah. duh, I think I should go, like, it's it, so fun. Also, it mirrors his scene with Liz before where, um... Oh, yeah, when uh, she's like, oh, you can clone guys, and yeah. they have two guys, and he's like, he's like, duh, yeah, and they, I don't know, he just, like, devolves into this, like, high school mentality of, like, competition makes him feel like a teen again. Maybe he was just very competitive in his teen years. He wants to, pr- he wants to pl- please his, his proud father figure, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But Liz comes to work the next day, and Greenzo is ready to confront her. This is a busy episode, so we'll probably be playing a lot of clips. We'll try and keep it down, but it, there's a lot of gold in here. Everybody said no, can't say you. Oh, hi. I uh, haven't had a chance to get to that Greenzo stuff yet. Hey, did you leave your computer on all night? Yeah, it just takes a really long time to reboot in the morning. Huh. Hey, you know what else takes a long time? Building a new Earth. Listen, Jared. Greenzo. I'm working with you as a favor. (laughs) Wow. You know what? You people make me sick. You act like you care, but you do nothing. Do you even bother to compost your own feces? Look, I got a lot of real work that I have to do right now, so I'm not really interested in having some actor lecture me. Are you saying actors can't change the world? I guess nobody bothered to tell Sharon Stone. Look, I always knew I could make a difference. And now I finally have my platform, so let's have a little less yappity-yap and a little more clackety-clack. All right, that's it. I'm telling Jack, this is not hey, working. Wait. What's in that styrofoam cup, huh? The Earth's blood? Give me that. No! Oh, Jack, I just got this, like, eight years ago. <laughs> Good job. Leave all the lights on for the invisible people. If I weren't such a lazy person, I would go on to IMDb because they put in a goof as this episode is when Liz has the coffee spilled on her and the next scene, the stain is gone. But I watched carefully. The stain is still there. It definitely in, is. In it's, it's much lighter, scenes. but it's... Yeah, dark, the, yeah, the lighting's not great. Yeah. So it looks like maybe it's not there, but it's definitely there. So boo to that IMDb yeah. commentator. Also, I totally believe that Liz would view an eight-year-old shirt as... It's still pretty new. Yeah, like, I mean, she, this could be the first time she's wearing it, or... Yeah. Yeah, or she just... Yeah, I mean, obviously, we know from her life she doesn't really do much outside of work, so... Yeah, to her, it is probably a new shirt. I like that. It's it's a good bit of, like, a timing joke of just, like, oh, I just got this, and you think she's gonna say yesterday, it's like... Or, like, last week, like, something, yeah. Yeah. Also, from a narrative perspective, Greenzo has now taken the full tilt after his praise on, on the Today Show from... <laughs> If global warming's real, is it even real? To we yeah, save the, the planet. The planet is dying. Yeah. It was a very, very quick turn. Yes, uh, I mean the power of television. The power of television and your ego can change a lot. Uh, but Liz comes home to change her shirt and walks in on Pete with his lover. and the sneaking around. Who knew, right? So how are your parents? Oh, no, no, no. We will catch up later. I just came to get a clean sweater. Oh! 
So we get the first int- actual introduction of Pete's wife, Paula, played by Paula Pell, who was a longtime writer for SNL. She wrote from 1995 to 2016. That's a really long time. That was a long time. Uh, she's also a producer and a writer on 30 Rock, which that was a fun fact to learn. I knew she was obviously somehow involved in this, but to think she was also behind the scenes, yeah. really great. She was recently also on AP Bio, yeah, R.I.P. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> you're really going to the, you're really going for that show. Huh? Well, no, I liked it, but it's just coincidental that it was canceled like a few weeks ago. And now, like in was it two, two episodes in a row, some ra- some recurring yeah. actor from yeah. that show has been on. Oh, that's a show that's just in my queue. I'll get around to yeah. it. And then it's now that it's canceled, like yeah. I it's know it's not a long time. Yeah. Like it's what. 13 episodes each season? Or yeah. no, the second two, season? Two 13 season episodes. Okay, so that, I can Two 13 that. episode seasons, there we go. <laughs> two 13 <laughs> episodes. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I could finish that in a week um, over yeah. the summer, so that'll be fine. Mainly, my main draw about that is it's got Pat Oswalt in it, and I'm a sucker for Pat Oswalt, so uh, I'll give him a go. Well, I'll when are you going to watch all the, Gold, all the Goldbergs then? Because he narrates it all. Yeah, but he's not in it. No, and he's, I, no I'm kidding. And I, that just looks so saccharine. Like I, it is. I, You know I what? I don't know why I still watch it, to be honest. Like, it's the same for Fresh It was really Bay. good for a couple seasons, but now it's really devolved into a specific formula of plot, there's a conflict, characters yell at each other and say terrible things and spend the last five minutes like crying and apologizing and mm-hmm. telling how much they love each other. How, Literally the same thing happens. I think it's coming up in like seven seasons, I think. No, it's, yeah, it's yeah. definitely in a... In a so they either have new lifeblood of writers or they will need to be getting new lifeblood of writers because otherwise it seems like it's getting a little stale. Yeah, but I mean, it's now, now that with, with Modern Family ending, I think it's ABC's highest rated sitcom now. Oh so it probably still has at least a few years left in it. It still blows my mind that Christopher Lloyd is a producer on Modern Family just because, like, this is going to sound so mean. I thought he was dead because he hasn't, he hasn't done anything in years. Like, Back to the Future was like his last really, really big thing. And that was 93 or 92 was when Back to the Future 3. And I'm not going to say he hasn't done anything. He did the Dennis the Menace live action um, movie. And he's been in He was stuff. Professor Plum. He's been in... But that was... that was No, I know. That was, that was before Back to the Future. Yeah. Um, also, that, that wasn't big. the same time. Uh, Clue was, was late 80s. Yeah, but yeah. Back to the Future, I think, was 84. Five Back to the Future Two was eighty eight, right? But I mean, it, it was it was before the yeah. last Back to the yeah. Future, but that was post tax. Anyway, it's just anyway. It, it's. I'm happy that Christopher Lloyd is still working and he's still here with us. But it just it's still like oh, it boggles my mind, grapes. But there is one last thing that I want to do with Paula Pell because I've actually been wanting to do this for so long because um, I knew she showed up eventually, but I couldn't remember when. So I pulled um, an SNL bit from when Lucy Lawless was hosting. So this was 1998. And in addition to seeing Paula Pell in the audience asking questions, uh, you will also see another fun cameo that um, you wouldn't expect to see. But uh, we'll go into it as we go on. Okay, you're a little confused. Uh, Like I said, Xena isn't necessarily into chicks. Uh, Just because a character might be gay doesn't mean that the actor is. Hey, Lucy. Uh, I think you're really great. How about uh, after the show, me and you go grab a beer and shoot some pool? I'm afraid I can't. Thanks, though. Uh, Does anybody have a question that isn't about Xena's sexual preference? Yes, sir. It's (laughs) ma'am. 
when uh, Draco had to close the portal to the alternative Xenoverse, how'd you do that? Uh, well, actually, we used computer-generated imagery to create the portal door. Does that answer your question? Are you feeling it? <laughs> so, obviously, for audio, it may not come out, but uh, the lady before Paula Pell was Tina Fey. That was her <sighs> very first on-screen SNL appearance. And, uh, yeah, so that was 98. So she had just started, I think, she wasn't head writer at that time, but she was starting on the writing staff, and that was her first actual on-screen appearance. And she uh, has talked about she hates that appearance because it, it it really helped her see herself as potentially being overweight or not being, quote-unquote, TV pretty. And so she went and had not work done on herself, but she was like, I've got to make myself more presentable for mm. TV. So she like lost some weight. And you can definitely see it in that. Like, I think we talked about it in an earlier episode, uh, the face scar that she has. You can see it very prominently in that. Like either she just hadn't put enough makeup on or something. But yeah, so there you go. Some fun history. 20 years ago, 21 years ago, she made her first appearance on SNL. So. Wow. Also, one last thing on Paula Pell. Yeah. She was most recently the best part in the Netflix movie Wine Country, okay. which was... Okay, but the Paula Pell storyline was great. Okay. Like, she was great in it, and her storyline was the best storyline. Overall, yeah, if there would have been a whole movie about her character, and I, it would have been better as a movie, yeah. but... I'm starting to see, like, more and more, like, these Netflix-only movies, and I'm starting to realize why they're not necessarily big theatrical releases mm-hmm. is because... They're fine, but they just wouldn't necessarily pull in the same amount of money that you'd expect from a big budget release. So yeah. better better to at least release it and release it on a smaller venue than to just outright cancel it or just keep it like straight to DVD, I guess. But yeah, that's sort of the consensus I've heard about Wine Country is like, it's fine, but you're not missing anything. Yeah. Which, oh. Wine Country being the movie with Amy Poehler, Maya Rudolph, Anna Gasteyer, Tina Fey, Paula Pell, uh, Emily Dratch. Spivey, Rachel Dratch. Um, they they are like all they live Anna across Gast- the country. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I said that. Yeah. And um, right, so they, they basically live all across the they they went to college together or something, and they live all across the country now. And they go to California for like a weekend or week long. Like someone's fiftieth birthday or something. Oh, like that? that's right. Yeah, it's it's someone's right. It's Rachel Dratch's yeah. character's birthday, maybe. And they all go to celebrate, all like going going like to, to vineyards and reconnect and dinners and yeah. hanging out and yada yada yada. It seems at, it really at, seems at, like at a Tina Fey's Airbnb mansion thing. Yeah, it seems like a fun movie, especially just those people getting together and just like yeah. bouncing comedy off of each other. But it seems like it has to be too restricted to apply. They say Maya like, Rudolph. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, can't forget her. No, it just seems like they're too restricted by a plot to do anything like too improv It just seems like it's mostly like they're reading. And I haven't seen it, but it just feels like they're probably more script-based than improv-based in a lot of the bits or the scenes. So it's just like it, it wouldn't seem like they would be able to shine too much. But anyway, I still haven't seen it. I want to see it. I might watch it this summer if I get around it's to it. It's good to watch on a plane if you need to kill That's an hour never, and a half. That is never a good review of anything. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, I watched it on a plane. That, well, that is where I watched, I watched it. anything because that's not a good review. Because, I mean, that just means like it was a throwaway. Like, it's just like, eh. I mean, but I did watch the, the first two John Wicks while we were in Japan, like traveling, but those were on trains. Oh, so those well. are different trains and planes. And <laughs> what about automobiles? <laughs> anyway. Anyway, uh, back to the show. <laughs> um, Kenneth's party is out of control. 
and Liz needs Tracy to shut it down. Hey, did you hear about Kenneth's insane party? T.I.'s gonna be there. I'm surprised to hear that because that is new information. Yeah, and he's gonna perform. He is? Yeah, and Fallout Boy will be there too. Huh? And there's gonna be Foxy Boxing. Foxy Boxing, I love Foxy Boxing. It combines my two favorite things, boxing and referees. I got to get into that party, man. Get me Harvey Lemmings. Dummy, first of all, you didn't dial that cell phone. Second of all, that is your own rumor. People are going to show up expecting all this great stuff, and they're going to be disappointed and angry. Just like Colonial Williamsburg. You need to nip this in the bud. Tell Kenneth what you've done and cancel the party. So Jack gets his invite to Kenneth's party, and as he's, as he's relishing in his enjoyment of possibly meeting Don Geist there, Greenzo is starting to go off the rails on the Today Show on his second appearance. Hey. You're just in time, Lemon. Greenzo's segment on the Today Show is about to begin. Yeah, I didn't write anything for that guy. He has gone off the deep end. You gotta replace him. Don't mess with success, Lemon. Viewers love Greenzo. Geist loves Greenzo. We're not changing anything. Hey, kids, can you hold your breath? <gasps> Good. Now do it forever. Because the air is going to be poisoned unless we switch to green technology. Sold by our company. I love this guy. You know, Greenzo, I read the television sets actually draw power even when they're turned off. Wow. Yeah. Meredith just taught us a very important lesson, kids. It's rude to interrupt people. Can Greenzo get real here for a second? Did you know that there are people out there with the power to heal Mother Gaia? but they're paralyzed by greed. I'm talking about big companies and their two-faced fat cat executives. What is he doing? Stay calm. Did you kids know that we could actually end global warming in five years if we just raise taxes on the super rich by just 2%? Wow, is that true? 2%. It doesn't matter if it's true. He works for that money. We've lost control of Greenzo. I knew we should have gone with Angie Harmon. I'm trying to picture Angie Harmon. I'm trying to picture who that is. I know that oh, name. Uh, she she played an ADA on Law and Order for a while, and then she was R- Rizzolian Isles. She went to after that. Sure. Okay. She's Bron- married Brunette to lady, probably Brunette. Yeah, uh, kind of like deep voice. Like uh, yeah, I, I think if you, if you saw her, you would, yeah, you would I'm pretty sure her. I could see her yeah. picture. Like, oh yeah, I know that. She just seems. I've never. I don't think I've seen anything really with her in it. Yeah, you probably haven't. Just. Yeah. She's mostly done procedurals, I think. That's not for me. (laughs) So Pete gets a deal with Liz that he can still continue to cheat on his wife with his wife. But Liz has to maybe just sort of allow it to happen at their apartment. It's a very weird deal. But Jack confronts Greenzo about his going off script. Hey, you catch me on today, Jack? Mary was totally digging me. Dude, have you hit that? Uh, Jared, I'm a little concerned that we're losing our message here. It's non-judgmental business friendly. No, 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 no. We're, we're way past that, Jack. While you're out there destroying the Earth, I'll be saving it. And history will remember me. When I die, they'll want to put my face on money. If there were money in the future instead of just hugs. Okay, you listen to me, Redzo. You either get on board or you're going to wake up on that island with Phil Donahue in the electric car. You understand me? I made you what you are. No, I've always been Greenzo. No, you're crazy. And you're fired. (laughs) Really? Can you fire the wind, Jack? Can you fire a hurricane? 
developing that technology. Hey, Liz, are you going to Kenneth's party? Is this party still on? Oh, it better be. The Harlem Globetrotters are going to be there. <laughs> the girl from Heroes is going to take a shower. Oh, wow. Now Jack is going to this party. This is nuts. You said you were going to shut it down. I couldn't. This means too much to Ken. And when everyone shows up and it sucks? It's not going to. This party is about to become a Tracy Jordan joint. And what does that entail? I love hard cuts from people cheering to complete silence. <laughs> That's one of my favorite comedic things ever because you know it's never good. There's always a reason why they do that. And it's always so funny. And this is my favorite bit of this entire episode because it happens rarely in 30 Rock. We'll come to it again, I think, when they do the uh, Murder on the Orient Express parody in like season five. We'll get another group in Jack's office uh, of just everyone being run down. But this is so good and it's so, it's just, it's so much fun. And then the cutting back between the quiet, somber office to the just loud, raucous party and then come back. It's just, it's so funny. I've called this meeting to discuss what happened last night at Kenneth's party. We all went in with certain expectations. The evening took a nasty left turn. Now we must face certain facts in the cold light of day. Y'all should be ashamed of yourselves. Mr. Lutz, you ate all my parakeet's medication, and thanks to you, Sonny Crockett has been having seizures all morning. Mr. Hornberger, I would thank you to come pick up your wife at some point. Mr. Jordan, I saw you steal my sink. Harlem Globetrotter. Does that name mean nothing to you? And Miss Lemon. I will have you know that before last night, I had never, ever seen Grizz or Dotcom cry. I'm sorry. I want you all to think about what you did. Congratulations. You are all present at Kenneth Parcell's last party ever. Mr. Donaghy, uh, they are ready for you downstairs. I'm gonna uh, need a moment. Yeah, so we're, we're gonna we're gonna chop up that uh, a bit because a lot of the when they cut to the party, most of it's visual. There's not too much dialogue going on. It's uh, my favorite thing is the last thing is Liz like throws up on someone and then immediately like grabs a cupcake and starts munching on it. But the guy she throws up on, I don't know if like it seems like he's aware he's wearing a gigantic werewolf mask. It seems as though he's aware he's gotten vomit on him, but it doesn't stop, and he just starts dancing. I, I can't tell if he's dancing or if he's, like, trying to shake it off. I don't know, but it just seems like Both. it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> seem like it bothers him. He just keeps going on about well, his they, deal. Everyone's so drunk at that point that yeah. he may, maybe he didn't even register maybe it. Maybe he didn't. Even, yeah, probably did. Or he know. thought it was just a small mess of something. He didn't realize what it was. Yeah, he's just like, all right, I'm going to yeah. keep dancing. Also, is the Harlem Globetrotter the only, like, quote-unquote celebrity who actually came then? I guess so, or maybe like they were the only ones that, that came back with the office. Yeah. yeah. But you didn't see any other celebrities there, so maybe they were the only one that showed up. But it wasn't a hope. I don't think it was an actual real globetrotter. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know too much about them. But we come back to the 30 Rocks, or TGS stage, rather. Or maybe it's not. I don't know. It doesn't matter. 
Um, but Jack has built a new set, and he's going to build a new Greenzo. But he's going to have one last star try and do it. Who very it special guest star. Very special guest star. He gets very preachy. What is this for? The Today Show is expecting another green segment. Don Geis is expecting it. It's going to happen. But you fired Jared, so who's going to... Oh, my God, that's Al Gore. Is he going to be the new Greenzo? Uh, not exactly. I may have gotten him here under false pretenses. Hey, Jack. Good to see you again. Mr. Vice President. Hi. How are you? I'm Lemon. So, I'm excited to see this trash-powered car of yours. How do you two even know each other? We met when Jack was an intern for Senator Ted Kennedy. Let me tell you, Jack was the most liberal guy The thing is, is that the GE garbage car isn't quite ready yet. But while you're here, what do you say you throw on a pair of green tights and a cape and tell the kids how big business is good for the environment? I have no interest in doing that. Al, we're with you on this whole planet thing. I mean, look at the set we built with a smiley face Earth and some green things. Jack, look, we're, we're way beyond that. If your network really wants to demonstrate a commitment to the environment, why don't you start by, for example, having an entire week with nothing but environmental themes on all the programs? Use entertainment for substance. You could have a character in prime time making a passionate argument to the American people that we need CO2 taxes to replace the payroll taxes. Your parent company could could lobby Congress and the president to pass the treaty and save the climate. Yes. Or you could put on a silly hat and tell the kids how outsourcing means cheaper toys at Christmas. This is not working for me, Jack. <sighs> All right, let's do this. Jared, what are you doing here? Whoa. Al Gore? <laughs> What's up? Uh, Jared, it's time for you to go. No, no. The show must go on. Back off, Jack, or you'll be green zoned. You'll all be green zoned. Jared! Jared! I am so sorry, Mr. Vice President. This all started when Jared... Quiet. A whale is in trouble. I have to go. Give it to me, Jared. I go that globe, Jared. Oh. Oh, boy. Okay, this earth is ruined. We gotta get a new one. Very on-the-nose so, metaphor. Say, well, yeah, in other it gets very meta at the end with yeah. Al Gore basically talking about NBC's Green Week. Yeah. As he's giving telling, giving an impassioned speech, telling him someone could give an impassioned speech. Yeah, it seems like he basically just copied and pasted what Jeff Zucker was like, here's what we're going to do for Green Week on NBC. And they're like, just, just tell Al Gore to do that. And like, All right, that works. I mean, it's it, what he's saying is important, and even though this idea didn't last long with NBC, it still is like again, you could just use the money that you've used to have Al Gore on, and just given that money to the whole climate change and global warming, like scientific fields and, and technology and, and and all of that. Give but, the money to the climate change and the global well, warming science. I mean, no, I know to charities. The that, charities yes. that are the the. Whatever you would call them, the or that are, that are or spent money that. to lobby Congress and the president to pass yada yeah. yada yada. Yeah. Well, yeah, I say that kind of did happen with the uh, the, uh, the the it's called the Climate Act. Basically, the accord that yeah. all, all the countries in the world signed on to, except for North Korea or whatever, mm-hmm. until the U.S. the Paris the Paris Treaty, the Paris God Accord. Yeah, well, yeah. none. I guess Paris it's just Agreement. The Paris, the Paris Agreement is what it would be called. Yeah. No, I mean, again, it's a good message. I just personally think it's kind of poorly delivered. Again, just give the money. Don't do a spiel. But no. 
Well, I think it's funny because what Thirty Rock does is a very meta statement. No, of no, it, it works. Basically, summarizing the whole network of what right, they're doing right, right, right. on the network during the. It works the re- here. So, yeah. like, I again, I acknowledge, I acknowledge what it is is doing is important, but it's just like you could have just skipped all of this and just given money. But anyway, um, why why is David Schwimmer like the least popular of all the Friends people? Seemingly, like it seems like he's, he's the most goofy. Is he though? Joey's the most goofy. Yeah, but no, but Matt LeBlanc is like handsome and whatever. Like, yeah, David Schwimmer's just like, I mean, it just seems like anyone that talks about friends, like like uh, Ross or David Schwimmer, like whatever you want to call him, like he's just always like, yeah, he's the worst part of that show. And I guess like he is, but I mean, like they're all pretty terrible people on that show. They're all very selfish and yeah. well, except uh, Lisa Kudrow's character, she's kind of like the best character on that show. But uh, yeah, they're all kind of I don't know. They're all kind of bad people. But, uh, he just seems like he gets the word. And I don't have any affil- affinity for David Schwimmer. I think it's whatever. But okay. I was just curious. I, I, that's what I assumed it was. He was just like the ugliest of them. So yeah, I think. God, who, who was it that said he looks like a Monchichi? I feel like it was a comedian years ago that said David Schwimmer just looks like a Monchichi, which I don't even know if that's a reference kids would get anymore. I don't know what that is. The Monchichis were like this. Um, not they were basically like a cabbage patch like late 80s cabbage patch just like a little uh, doll but they were s- short squat little things that looked like trolls but oh. didn't have like the crazy hair like a troll yeah. they just had hair all over they looked like little hedgehogs kind of oh dear they were ugly they were ugly little things so i mean it's obviously saying david Schwimmer's ugly which i don't or think he's david ugly I, I don't know he's, he seems fine but i don't know okay well that's green zone uh, any other thoughts? That was a funny episode. It was. It was a very uh, tight, funny episode full of, of, of great bits and, and still continuing from previous episodes, but mostly a standalone. Um, the really only running thing throughout was uh, the Pete storyline that he's been living with Liz for the last few episodes. So um, that's mostly closed here. I don't think, I think by the end of this, they're, they're back moving in together, or him and his wife are together again. So. I don't think he's staying with her anymore, but yeah. Tight episode, solid episode, funny episode. Great episode all around. Any other thoughts? What's coming up next week? What's coming up next? That's a good query. Let's find out. It is the one that introduces Edie Falco to the 30 Rock As Nurse Shaggy? As as Nurse, uh, well, as C.C. Cunningham. Um, but yes, she did, Edie Falco did play Nurse Jackie on Showtime or HBO? Uh, Showtime. Showtime. And you also get Fred Armisen as her neighbor. Yeah, you don't have to talk about that because I don't have a problem with him. You seem to like you're pretty mad, but we'll talk about that next week. Tune in next week for David's thoughts on Fred Armisen in episode 27, episode season two, episode six, Somebody to Love. David, take us out. See you next time. I just wish my mom were still alive so I could rub it in her fat face.